Hello, future Ravens. Welcome back to the Talking Ravens podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. February came and went, and with that month came a lot of amazing events, opportunities, reflections, experiences, all connected to Black History Month. And what we wanted to do on this episode is take a look back at a conversation I had with the team at Umoja. Umoja is Carlton's Black Community Engagement Program. Uh, they started off a couple years ago and have done such amazing work really bringing to attention uh, the different, again, cultural experiences, the different events, the different ways of navigating within our community for our African, Caribbean, and Black students. And it was such a pleasure to be joined on this episode uh, by Sarah George, who is a professor in our sociology department, as well as the Moja Community Engagement League, and Johanse Huggins-Charles, who is the student program coordinator at Umoja and is going to be graduating this year from public affairs and policy management. So he's a current student for a few more weeks and then we'll be moving on to uh, great things, I have no doubt. So we had a conversation earlier in the month to talk a bit more about you know, what Black history means to our community, uh, what Umoja is doing and how students are able to get involved. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Johanse and Sarah. Sarah, Johanse, thank you so much for joining us on the Talkie Raven podcast. How are you doing on this uh, Friday morning, almost afternoon? How are we feeling as we enter into uh, the month of February? Sarah, how about you start? Hi, Stanley. It's great to be here. Um, I'm feeling really excited. It's the first Friday of Black History Month, so always a lot of fun events going on to look forward to. Hi, Stanley. Um, I'm doing great. Actually, today I'm going to be doing some tabling for Black History Month um, to talk about your moja. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you know, students on campus and just talking more about how Umoja works to support uh, African, Caribbean, and Black students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I want to talk about Black History Month in, in a little bit, but uh, let's start with Umoja. So I want to give our listeners who may not know the the history of Umoja or what Umoja is a chance to learn about their, I like the idea of the origin story. So maybe Sarah, you can lead this. Uh, when did Umoja become Umoja? Why? How? And uh, what's the intention behind this really great uh, organization? Yeah, so thanks for asking. Um, it was quite a journey. The Emoja program was founded in the summer of 2022 by myself, another graduate student, PhD student in the linguistics department, Janice Hines, and she's now graduated. But at the time, Emily was a third year criminology student, Emily Barker. So the three of us came together and really felt like there needed to be something specifically for African, Caribbean, and Black students at Carleton and in the Ottawa region. And we worked with Dwayne Taylor, who was the EDI coordinator out of the student experience office at the time um, to get Emoja off the ground. The reason we chose the name Emoja is because it's Swahili for unity, and we wanted it to be a pan-Africanist organization just based on the diversity of the African, Caribbean, and Black population in Ottawa. So we really wanted to promote unity and understanding and awareness. 
Hmm. And Johansi, for you as a student who's uh, going to be graduating very, very soon, what was the intention with joining Umoja? Why, why were you motivated to join this group? For me, I started off being on the exec of a Black uh, student club in my faculty, where I met Dwayne Taylor as the EDI coordinator. Um, and he told me about this new program that was being created on campus. And I was interested because, well, I'm a public policy student. Um, in particular, I'm interested in like policy implementation. So running programs that actually support people, support society, support communities. And when he told me about Umoja, uh, I was interested because uh, being someone who's from the Caribbean, being an international student here at Carlton, I did feel at sometimes I wasn't supported as, as much. The reason I was a part of this Black group in my faculty was because uh, these Black students within that, within the faculty felt we weren't supported, um, especially after everything that happened in 2020, um, with the death of George Floyd. Um, so when I heard about Emoja and the stuff that they wanted to do, not only on campus, but throughout the city, I, I, I felt I wanted to be a part of it. And and what's been the response? You know, I, I'm curious to know over the last year and a bit, you know, how has the not only Calder community, but the Ottawa community responded to some of the different events? And and we're going to touch on the, some of the events that are happening this month, but but some of the events of, that have happened, uh, some of the conversations that are happening uh, both within the campus, but also around the world that are, you know, helping to shape and shift the way that we we, we see ourselves and how others are also interacting with our, our important communities. What was that like? Uh, and what was that response like from the community? Um, well, I, I can talk about uh, on campus because I'm the campus coordinator. I would say is the response has been really great. Like I, I remember like one of my first experiences as being campus coordinator, I was doing tabling, um, talking about Umoja and uh, it just so happened an alumni. She was uh, in the uh, the atrium and she was there with her son who was also coming to Carlton and she came up and she's like well what is this you're, you're, you're tabling for and I explained what your mojo was and her face lighted up uh, you know she talked about you know even though she uh, came to Carlton not too long ago or at least graduated not too long ago there wasn't anything like this on campus to you know specifically support her as a ACB um, person and she was happy that given that her son is now coming to Carlton and there is something here um, to support him. But even, you know, working with uh, students at large as well as with our ACB student groups, they are very happy to have some sort of, you know, solid uh, support on campus to make sure that that uh, students who are African, Caribbean or Black have the resources both inside and outside of the classroom to succeed. I have been able to connect with faculties, um, particularly I've been able to connect with our Latin American and Caribbean Studies Department, which has been a really great experience. Uh, Professor Depte, uh, uh, she is also from Trinidad, so that's another great thing, but she has been a really great support, not only for our campus uh, programming, but also just in general. She's a part of our advisory committee. You know. I, the responsibilities on, on campus for having some sort of official program that supports students in this way um, has been great. There have been some challenges of it. You know, anyone who works in supporting students knows sometimes getting students to engage is a little bit of an issue, but the overall response and overall engagement has been that they're happy that there's a program on campus and 
they want to work with us uh, uh, when when they can. I'm so glad you shared that that story because it it makes you think in in our world of, re- of recruitment how we can have these aha moments. You know, you can talk to a student that has like almost like a a fixation on one particular aspect of this post-secondary experience. And once you can show them a moment or a part of the community that is a reflection of what they want to be involved with or or how they see themselves, it just creates a real kind of warm, you know, interaction. And and when I think about community, community is made up of individuals, right? Like we always think of community as a collective experience, but it's it's really like a bunch of individuals who gather. And then through their individual experiences are able to build something new and something really brighter and and much more solidified. Like you mentioned the word, the solidification of of uh, of this group. And I wonder how that then plays into uh, the idea of black history. Uh, and as you mentioned, Sarah, it is Black History Month. And and I want to know what in, in your view, in your lens, what black history means in 2024. You know, Johansi referenced George Floyd, you know, and in 2019, there wasn't a George Floyd moment or incident that was on the the scale that George Floyd's unfortunate death uh, and, and murder became. And so that is now part of a conversation that's linked to, to black history. So I'm wondering... You know, when we look at 2024 and beyond and we look at, uh, I like the idea of Black future, when we look at Black future, what does Black History Month mean and how do we utilize it as a vehicle for further community and further discussion uh, beyond uh, these 20, this year, 29 days? What do you think? Wow, I love that question. Um, So first of all, I think for most people who are racialized as Black, like Black History Month is significant and that we get to share our history with the rest of the community. But Black History Month is every month for most of us, right? Like we celebrate our history all of the time. And also we, like our bodies, our lives, um, the art that we create, the research that we do, the way we organize in community, all of that is part of the future. But it's also a result of a long, long legacy of African, Caribbean, and Black um, students, like particularly at Carleton, organizing together against issues related to anti-Black racism on and off campus, particularly in the Canadian context. So I think that post the racial reckoning kind of moment with George Floyd, where we did also see kind of this commitment from a lot of institutions. We're now kind of wondering where those commitments have gone. And we're wondering what we're gonna do to kind of move forward. I think that's one side of it. And then for us as the community, like people like me and Johanse, there's a sense of hopefulness that we now have more openness and space to kind of have these conversations in places where maybe it wasn't accepted before. So we're able to now kind of refer to things like the Scarborough Charter on anti-Black racism and advocate for students' rights in that context. So I think Black history is always connected to the future in the sense that we as Black people are still very much fighting for our liberation every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, thanks for thanks for that. That's, that's very, very powerful. And I think that the setting 
of that type of conversation is it matters too. And you know, obviously, we're in in an institution that uh, allows a lot of students to explore various topics of study. You know, whether it be public affairs or engineering or computer science or journalism, and uh, all within the idea or the context of hey, these are stories, experiences, communities, moments that we can either extrapolate, we can open up, uh, we could expose and we can shift. And and every event that you're hosting, you're able to, to do just that, all of those things all at once. And there are some events that are taking place uh, throughout the month and, and into the new year. I wonder, you know, if there are some events that you're really excited about that you want to let our listeners know, maybe some events that will have happened and are coming up uh, throughout this month uh, on campus specifically that, that you want to, to showcase or highlight. Yeah, um, well, on the 15th, uh, we are having vendors market called Black Owned and Operated. It's going to be an African Caribbean and Black vendors market, a space for ACB vendors to you know, gain that exposure that, 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 that they so rightfully deserve. It's also an opportunity for uh, persons who are interested in not only supporting these businesses, but potentially future Black entrepreneurs to network with persons who have been in the have been through the process, sorry, of starting up their own businesses, who have been through the whole process of trying to, you know, make a brand, um, trying to get those connections to expand, to, you know, get bigger and better. As well, on the 29th, uh, we are partnering with QSA Rise, the Racialized and International Student Experience Service Center um, here on campus uh, to have a Black Bingo and Jeopardy night. Uh, just an opportunity not only for Black Joy, which is actually one of, is actually uh, QSA Rise's theme for this Black History Month, but also an opportunity to learn more about Black history, to learn more about uh, the people, the events, the, the things that have existed, that happened that have not only impacted the lives of people who are African, Caribbean, or Black here in Canada, but that have impacted the lives of everyone in Canada, regardless of race and of ethnicity, and just uh, making sure that more people are not only aware, but that we celebrate those things because they're not only, at least for me, they're not only Black history, they're just history in general. So, yeah. Uh, for folks who want to get involved with these events, because, uh, you know, you mentioned Jeopardy and I, I do a weekly Jeopardy game, a virtual game. So so I do love the idea of Jeopardy. Um, uh, how can how can students or staff like myself or other folks um, get involved and participate in some of these awesome events? You can uh, firstly visit our website, umoja.com. Sorry, umoja.ca. Normally, what I tell people is to just search Umoja and Carlton and our website comes up. That's <laughs> what I normally say. On it, there's not only uh, our stuff, but there's also a link to the, uh, Carlton's Black History Month calendar, at least the Black History Month landing page. Um, they're all, uh, in addition to the stuff that we're doing, I know SPPA is having an anti Black Racism Symposium, uh, the Institute of African Studies and Latin American and Caribbean Studies Department are going to be having a lot of lectures and, and, and discussions about Black history, about Black scholarship. If you go on that page, there will be, also be profiles of Black African and Caribbean lecturers and, and, and academics here at Carlton and their contributions, not only to scholarship, to academia, but also just their reflections on what Black History Month is to them. 
You can also visit those things. Also, uh, if you want to know more about Umoja in general or the stuff that we do throughout the year uh, on our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter. So, yeah. Awesome. And we'll, and we'll post links to to the site uh, so that folks can can click on that uh, in our episode notes. And, you know, Sarah, the Student Experience Office is kind of the 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 tree where a lot of these different organizations are are part of. And I want to know, like with the SEO, um, how does it kind of help students with their transition? You know, a lot of the students are listening to this podcast are are um, high school students are going to be attending Carleton next year for uh, their their undergraduate studies. So so what is the role of the department as a whole and, and maybe the Muoja as an example to give students those transition supports uh, that will be vital in their success going into that that kind of first interaction at the post-secondary level? Yeah, so the Student Experience Office is really focused on, like you said, that transition from high school to university and ensuring that students reach the five core pillars of success. They run things like orientation week, they run the Pride Week, they run the SOAR, the Student Leadership Conference every year. Um, They're also responsible for things like the Campus Activity Board, Um, and work really closely with um, offices like the International Student Office as well to meet the needs of students with different vulnerabilities, right? So Emoja is under the Student Experience Office's EDI portfolio along with the Pride team. So we are dedicated to supporting African and Caribbean and Black high school students uh, with their transition from high school to university. Emily Barker um, was the one initially who established a lot of that programming just based on her experience <laughs> as a as a Black high school student going through Ottawa high schools herself, right? So we have the University Survival Guide and then another program that's called Scoring in the Post that run for high school students. And we quite often also invite high school students on tours and things like that on campus where they can get um, the opportunity to experience Carleton alongside folks who look like them and have had similar experiences during high school. So those are the kinds of things that we really try to do to support um, high school students with their transition. And then folks like Johanse really then take over once they get on campus to kind of support with the programming and initiatives once you're actually a student and you've made it past that <laughs> that cliff in the first year, yeah. That's really, really great that we have uh, an elevation that happens, right? It's like you mentioned about the the cliff and what, what a Numoja is able to do is really elevate the concept of community. And I think that it's really important that our students feel, you know, that uplifting that can happen when, you know, community uh, takes place. And Johansi, I want to end with your experience because, you know, we talked off uh, before we start recording about you wrapping up your undergraduate degree and how you have a few classes left. And then there's a whole like what happens next, which we won't we won't touch on. But I want to know about your elevation, you know, as you look back. Uh, as a first year student and now going into this last semester, these last few weeks of your undergrad, 
did you feel the the highs more than the lows? Because obviously every experience has, you know, there's a balancing act, right? And not everything is linear, not everything is smooth, not everything is kind of a, a gradual climb, but ultimately you reach that kind of that mountaintop. So so when you look at the landscape, are you like, wow, like those moments, I was able to cherish those highs? Or were you so focused on the climb that you're like, now that I'm at the mountaintop, it's like, wow, like, where did the last four plus years go? You know, what what was your experience? If you can kind of take a moment to reflect on that um, on the spot, looking back. Yeah, I mean, certainly now I have been thinking about, well, how long, well, how long ago it was I started at Carlton. And I think what you said with thinking about the highs or the lows, I, I, I do think what, you know, having experienced lows, uh, both like general lows, such as like the pandemic, I think everyone could say that was a low, but as well as, you know, more personal stuff, but as well as, you know, being able to achieve uh, when it came to whether in class or, you know, with working with your mojo or working with uh, other student groups on campus. When I look back on it, I, I, I think it has shaped my view of like university a bit i i, I think when i came into university I, I thought of it as well it's this next step that i have to take in order to have a you know quote unquote successful life but i think from my experience at carlton my view now of it is university is supposed to be the space where you get to not just learn about the world itself in a more academic sense but learn about yourself. I, I, I think, you know, before I didn't look at it that way, I, I just looked at it as well. A degree is, some, is a piece of paper that I need to have in order to, you know, live, as opposed to, well, when you come to Carlton, you come to university, the experiences that you have are really more valuable sometimes than the piece of paper, the connections that you make, the friendships, the relationships that you make, the experiences that you have, are sometimes a lot more valuable. And I think certainly for African Caribbean Black students, the reason why we have programs like Emoji is because sometimes they don't get to have that sort of experience, you know, after fighting to get here and then fighting to be able to stay here. The only focus they have is completing their degree. They don't really sometimes get to cherish the, you know, just, just the experience of being in a, a university being in a space like this where you are exposed to 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 you know black academics and and and, and people who look like you who have achieved a lot or have been able to contribute not only to the ACB community but also just community in general. So I I I think certainly you know at least for both my experience being able to be here at Carlton and being a part of your mojo it 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 really has been great and I I, I, I I really think I, I I really think I if I had to do it all again I would do it do it the same way so yeah one thing I wanted to add also I think Yohante can speak to this too is there are so many like one thing we've realized through emoji is there are so many people out there who are like dedicated to the success of African Caribbean and black students 
whether it's high school students, whether it's university students. And these people could be professionals, professors, like staff at Carleton, faculty, other students. Like the community has really embraced us. Every time we've reached out to request like somebody to share their expertise as a guest speaker, people have done it sometimes even for free. People have offered to review grad school applications, like any little thing that people can do in the community. Um, once they saw that there was a platform for it, they've worked with us. Um, and I think we also want to shout out a, a lot of community organizations out there that are doing this work that have also been really, really supportive of us, like Jacku Kambi. Um, we've worked a lot with both of the school boards because of really active teachers like Miss Adrian Caudet and Miss Shelley Beatrice Toussaint, Mr. Abraham Boyo, um, like people who have really just gone out there and made Emoja possible because they've rallied the community. So I want to say that as well. We've really been embraced by the community at large. It feels like Johansi had mentioned people are excited to see like a revival of um, African, Caribbean, and Black students organizing themselves at Carleton, in addition to the BSA and the ASA and all the other groups that we're seeing also pop up now that are really active and doing amazing things. So I just wanted to add that. I'm glad you did because, like, because I think that what what you all are doing with me and on this podcast is the same, right? It's uh, I I like to call them thank you and your welcome moments, right? It's like you're you're thanking someone for either participating or reaching out or or taking on that that leadership flag, but also you're welcome for creating either a platform or a space or an opportunity to do just that. So I want to say to both of you, you know, thank you, uh, so much for for taking up my invitation and and you're welcome because now we're gonna promote the heck out of Umoja and. Hope they get even more interest and more involvement. So again, thank you both for being here today. Thank you, Stanley. Thanks so much, Stanley. And we'll be back with more of the Talking Raven. I want to give a big shout out to Johanse and Sarah for joining us on today's episode. If there were any events that happened in your community during Black History Month that you wanted us to be aware of, or if you have any events coming up because Black History can be celebrated and should be celebrated throughout the year, let us know at Carlton underscore future is our handle on Instagram. Drop us a line, whether you're in Ottawa, in a GTA, wherever you're tuning in to this podcast. Again, let us know and we'll definitely give you a shout out on an upcoming episode of the Talking Raven. Speaking of upcoming episodes, our next episode will drop on Thursday, March 7th, because Take a little bit of a vacation. And so if you're used to hearing a new episode every Tuesday, it's going to be delayed by a couple of days. But don't worry, we're back with way more amazing conversations. Until then, this has been the Talking Ribbon Podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all. <laughs>